Welcome to the Way Forward Podcast, where we tackle the hard life questions so we can rest in the now and be equipped for the way forward. I'm your host, Hannah Fothery. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Way Forward Podcast. Breaking up is hard to do. This week, I have one of my best friends on the podcast, Allison Hope-Smith. Truth be told, you will probably hear Allison a lot on the podcast because she has so much wisdom and so many great things to say. Um, A little bit about Allison and I, we met at the University of Georgia in undergrad, and we clicked because we are pretty similar people, and we have a lot of similar life experiences, except she is extroverted, and I'm introverted, and she's a brunette, and I'm a blonde. Um, But with that, welcome, Allison. Thank you for being here today. Um, Give us a quick little intro about you, what you're doing in life, what you're passionate about, fun facts, anything like that. Yes. So, hey, everybody. Yes, my name is Allison. And if you can't tell by my accent, I am a Southern girl. Um, Super excited to be asked to be on Hannah's podcast just a little like backstory too. We've been talking about being on a podcast for like two Uh, years now. Yeah. And I'm so excited to start one. Um, So a little bit about me. Uh, I am about to be 25. My birthday is in August. And so I just graduated with my master's degree in July with a master's in biomedical sciences with a certificate um, in organizational development and leadership. Did graduate from the University of Georgia in um, kinesiology, so more exercise and sports science type stuff. I'm currently working as like a surgical slash medical assistant at a dermatology practice where we remove skin cancers and then do your normal dermatology type things. Uh, I'm taking a gap year right now because I'm applying to PA school. I'm wanting to be a PA and then... Main things that I'm passionate about, I know it's about to sound super cheesy, but self-worth and self-love, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. And at the end of the day, we all deserve just a little bit of like grace and just mercy. And I don't think we give ourselves enough of that. And just some fun facts about me. I have a Labradoodle. He is like my pride and joy. I love him so so much. He's a hot mess. And then I also... I always tell everybody this, but I did try out for American Idol. So there was that. Yeah, that's a fun fact about me that not many people know. So I guess that's a good little like elevator speech of who I am. (laughs) Yes. Well, if you can't tell, Allison is so smart. She's down to earth. She loves people. (laughs) She's fun. She's humble. And I hope I don't lose listeners for saying this, but go dogs. Um, (laughs) Yep. And we can say that because we were at Georgia during some of the best and worst moments. So we've seen it all. Um, So to kind of get us started uh, today, we are going to be talking about heartbreak and breakups and how to move forward. Um, as I said at the beginning of this episode, Allison and I have a lot of similar life experiences, some of which include dating. Um, yes. I want to talk about breakups or relationships in kind of three different capacities today. So one, knowing when it's time to break up and move forward, two, how to move forward after breaking up, and then three, how to move forward when it's the right person. Um, So let's first talk about relationships and knowing when it's time to move forward in separate ways. So Allison, how, how do you know, like, what are your experiences when it's time to go your separate ways um, from a relationship? And what are some key things to look out for? Yeah, so most of you, the people that are listening are probably like a good bit of our friends. But if you're new, you'll find out and figure that I'm really nervy. Um, So I've always loved science and I love when I get to combine science with like faith and learning about relationships and everything like that. And there's 
three things I've really learned that when you have a relationship, you'll have. And so that's dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin. If those words just went directly over your head, then I will explain them for you. So dopamine is just like gives us a sense of excitement. So something like when we have our first kiss. And then oxytocin is that bonding hormone. So we call it the cuddling hormone in science. And then the serotonin, that's the big one. This guy's like who gives you a sense of well-being and happiness. And so the thing about this is this is just how we were made. It's science and God and how they just made or how he made these little hormones and told them to go around in our brain when how we perceive love and help us like understand how deep and full it is. So whenever we don't feel love, then our hormones aren't released. And I figured out that whenever like I'm coming to an end of a relationship, those hormones aren't being released. Basically, I'm being burnt out. It's becoming harder every day to like love or like the person or I'm feeling just really heavy all the time. And that's like Mm. the oxytocin and the serotonin and the dopamine not getting released in our brains. And I think. In other words, you could even say that a lack of love can lead to a lack of life and you need it in order to live life fully. So that's what I would say that would be like the main things that science-based and just really like the big major eye-opening things whenever you get to that end of a relationship. Like, are you still feeling super full and happy all the time? Do you feel like excited when you see this person? There's that serotonin. When you're hugging this person, do you feel like something connected with them? There's that oxytocin. And then that dopamine is the, um, or dopamine, sorry, get mixed up here. Dopamine's the one, you know, where are you getting excited to see them? And then the oxytocin when you're hugging them. And then the serotonin is when you just feel so protected. And if you don't feel those three in that triangle, then there's something that needs to happen. Mm, that's so good and I mean Allison you we met you know shortly after my first breakup which was freshman year at Georgia and you were with me in my second relationship before me Taylor and I just remember in both of those moments of breaking up that I had inner peace that it was time to move forward Mm -hmm. um And I've shared with you before, like my first relationship, I pleaded with God to let us stay together. And I ultimately Mm -hmm. knew that I could, but I knew it was best to move on. And I wrestled with that conviction for months of not understanding why we needed to move forward, just that we needed to. And then with my second relationship, as I've shared with you, like I had no business in dating that person. And I, again, ultimately avoided conviction until I couldn't take it anymore. Um, And both of those seasons in those relationships, how they ended, like I lost everything that you just described that I can't repeat, like the oxytocin, (laughs) the dopamine, the serotonin. I, those, those feelings and that connectedness and us running at the same pace toward the same thing or toward Jesus, like they weren't there anymore. And, you know, those relationships had changed me and isolated me I lost some friends or I ran away from Jesus and then when it finally came time to move on um what ultimately pushed me to have those conversations were the fact that I couldn't sleep or eat or do life normally because I was avoiding the inevitable but like you said like if those things aren't being met and something is off and we lose our joy then then something's got to change so I think you have such a valid point there. And I think explaining the science behind it can really help people just understand in those moments. I'm Um, always here. Yes. To explain it. (laughs) Talk to Allison. She can explain it. Hopefully like help you connect the dots there. So um, let's say that we've reached the point of breaking up and moving forward. Um, Let's talk about post breakup and just moving forward in a healing sense. What advice can you give people to heal or to cope in a healthy way after you have broken up with somebody? Yeah, so 
me and Hannah, we've been through a couple of heartbreaks with each other. Like Hannah yes. just said, uh, Hannah's been with me through a big breakup of mine. I had back right at the end of undergrad. And then I had like a tiny breakup where I, it was kind of like, I hate to call him this, but it was almost like it was a relationship that I knew didn't need to happen, yeah. but it happened anyway. And yep. then I went with it and I knew I yep. wasn't ready. So I think for the answer to your question, though, like whenever we're healing and coping, I actually just read something today and I screenshotted it. Hold on. Let me, let me pull it up. So it, it said, stop jumping into other relationships in order to move on, face what happened, heal and grow from that experience. And I read that. I was like, yes, queen, that's what we need in life. Cause we need like people to understand that they're still worthy. They are still like, well, I always say you are worthy love and affection I had to constantly remind myself of this because I think we get on more into this later in the podcast but like I was beaten and like torn down to the like pulp of who I was I didn't even know and I think the best way to cope is crying it out I Mm. cry alone all the time I love my car rides home or whenever I just (laughs) need to let it all out like that's when I cry I think crying's a great coping thing because Actually, there's a little bit of science behind it, too. And actually, a good friend of ours named Laura told me this. But when we cry, it releases the toxins in our body. So Mm -hmm. technically, crying is helping us. Like, Mm -hmm. it's getting rid of the nasty. So, like, don't think you're bad for crying. Like, crying is good. It's scientifically proven to be good. Um, I think another one is talking it out with some of your best friends. I have constantly made the mistake of not talking to people and I think it's held me back from healing in a way um what I've learned from having my heart in pieces is that your story is important Mm -hmm. they help take your piece and build something new and if you build with love and tell people about it then they can help you build something better than you had before So whenever you tend to get real and raw and honest about what you go through, then you have the power to turn your words into medicine and then your experiences into wisdom. And I think that's the biggest, biggest key point I can make throughout this whole podcast is just, and if you're not a talker, then write it down because you're going to look back into those pages and just see the growth that happened day after day. Um, yeah, I think that those would be like my main two. I'm trying not to keep my answers super long because I could talk about this all day. (laughs) But like, yeah, I think those would be my main two. Um, part of me says let's just end the podcast here. (laughs) Like that was so good. That'll preach. Let me type this out, share it on social media. Um, that's so good. I, you know, thinking about my relationships, like what I learned in healing is a lot of what you have said in healing. And I think one of the biggest things for me, you know, my first relationship that ended, I was pursuing Jesus so hard. And my second relationship that ended, I was running so far away. Um, But I personally, like the most important thing I would encourage people to do is run hard so fast towards Jesus and not lean on your own understanding because in both of those situations, like, and I know even that we've talked about in our lives, like things happen and they don't make sense. And in the moment it is so hard and we're just Mm -hmm. like, Lord, why are you putting me in this position or why am I here? And, you know, as time goes on, we can look back and say, Oh, I get it. Like that was not an easy season, but either ending that relationship or moving forward or, you know, whatever was so worth it. Um, you know, someone told me early on that God only has his best for us. And if that is not the person that you're dating at the time, then just imagine how much better that right person will be, or even how much better a season of singleness will be. Um, and you know, again, something, our friend Laura has so much wisdom. Something that she told me after that second relationship was uh, that discipline creates desire. And so in a year that I really hadn't pursued Jesus, um, I kind of lost my desire to pursue him, but she made a point of 
you know, the actions of reading his word and spending time with him and in, in praying eventually would bring that desire back to walk with him. Right. And, you know, kind of back to what you said, I think a big thing that helped me through those breakup seasons were, you know, staying connected with my community and staying busy and, you know, reaching out to, you know, you and Laura and other friends and saying, hey, like when you have a free moment, can we talk or can we go for a walk or go get coffee? Um, but equally, like you said, I there's a time and place to cry and to mourn that relationship. And, you know, I think there's a balance of needing to stay busy, but also staying, you know, in bed if you need to and watching a movie that makes you cry or eating your favorite chocolate or candy and saying, you know what, I need this moment. And in my breakups, I remember going home and telling my parents, I'm going to need like two days to just sit and just be in bed. And um, one thing that, you know, we heard a lot at Georgia was one of the college ministries often would say, you know, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And so what I gleaned from that is take the time to mourn, you know, Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything. And so time to be happy and a time to be sad. And, you know, part of healing and coping is allowing yourself to feel and also moving forward. Um, So with that, what has moving forward from a breakup looked like for you in the past? (laughs) Eating lots of ice cream. That's Amen. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Every flavor. <laughs> yep. Mine, my favorite flavor, I think, it's like the vanilla with the like the little caramel swirls in it. Yes. Oh, love it. Because like you get the ice cream, but then you get the ooey gooey and it's mm. just like the best oh, of both yes. worlds. Eating it at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning just like literally <laughs> fills my life in no other way. But <laughs> that's, I have ate lots of ice cream from heartache in the past. But I think um, one of the big things that I could give and impart, like embark, impart, I think I just said that all wrong. <laughs> like, like wisdom and how you move or what has moving forward for me looked like. Um, I tended way back when, uh, after I was still hurt, I didn't realize I was still hurt. Um, and now I know, like looking back, I was just still hurt and I was Mm -hmm. still just like healing and trying to figure out what was next. And, um, it was jumping into the next best thing because I was just desperate for love and affection. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that I was needing that. I didn't realize that like, that's what had been stripped away from me. So any chance that a guy could take me out to supper, I was going to let him because Mm. it was like, oh yes, this guy, maybe this guy will show me some love or maybe this guy will like actually care for me because I once wasn't. And I think that's the biggest thing that was it for me because I just, I kept, I think texting you and even texting Laura or like whoever, maybe even Caroline. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going on a date this week. And then the next week it was like, oh yeah. So that guy didn't work out, but maybe this guy will. And I Mm -hmm. felt like that girl, like I felt like the girl who was always going on dates and I did not want to be that girl. But at the time I didn't realize I just needed to say, Hey, Allison, girlfriend, you need to stop. You need to heal. You need to work Mm. on yourself because that was, and I think that was, that was like 20, like fall of 2018 going into 2019 um, and then ending of 2019. And I don't even think like at the beginning of 2020 is when it really hit me. Like, oh, Allison, it's okay. Be single. You're going to be all right. Like, and I think when we finally just wake up that one morning and it just dings on us, it's like, oh yeah, I'm all right. It's going to be okay. That's when we realize that like, you can put your next best foot forward. You can keep walking the line that God has laid out for you and you can just move and like, just start like trekking the hike that God's got for you, which could be the big, big, bad and ugly through some emotions you've been holding back. Um, And I just, and then I want to say moving forward from that, if you're scared, I know for a part of me, after I'd been single for a second, 
when I finally found the right guy, which I found now, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Um, <laughs> it was hard for me to like really get back out there because I had done all this healing on my own. And then I found this guy who's just so kind and gentle. He really just, just, uh, it's like the first Corinthians verse, but like, he, uh, I was worried about telling him about all my baggage because then it's like, well, crap, I'm getting back out there. But now if I tell this guy about all my brokenness, he's going to run away. <laughs> so it's like, it's like so scary to like, just yeah. take that next step. And I'm here to say that, yeah, it's hard, but once you do it, it's kind of just like when you're finally, how am I putting this? Because like all, so often and I've seen it, and I still see it, and it hurts my heart so much. We settle for a love less than because we believe it's all we deserve. Yeah. And that's that's me emphasizing the less than part of that sentence. Because when you finally dip your toes into the waters of healthy dating, it feels so wrong because all you've experienced is the murky waters of mystery, mm. excitement, the chase, whatever the heck that is anymore. And then like <laughs> fighting for attention, lust, cheating, hookups, gaslighting, and then my personal favorite, manipulation. Mm. And so you disrespect yourself when you beg someone for bare minimum things like love, attention, affection, support, reciprocation. And I'm just here to say, don't do it to yourself because I did it. <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah. I, you know, as I said at the beginning of this, like we are so similar and have so many experiences that are the same. And it's hard because I would never want anybody to go through like what we have gone through in terms of like heartache and breakups. But part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you is because we have been through it. And if we, you know, through this conversation can encourage somebody to move forward in a way that, hey, it's time to break up and move on, or, hey, you've broken up, how do we move on? Or, hey, how do we move forward with the right person? You know, I thought this was like, you were the best person to talk to about this. And, you know, what you said at the beginning, like, it takes time to be okay. And it takes time to be okay being single and not having that person to talk to or connect with every day is so hard. And Mm -hmm. I know it's cheesy. And if you are single or you're in a breakup healing season, hearing that singleness is a gift is something that you probably want to roll your eyes at. But um, I can say, you know, between my second relationship and meeting Taylor, that time that it finally clicked that, you know what, like, I'm okay. And I'm going to pursue, you know, my passions and what God has gifted me at and what I feel he has called me to do. And, you know, that I guess about a year between me feeling healed and meeting Taylor and starting to date Taylor, that time frame, I, you know, did things because I wanted to, I went to the football games, the basketball games, or I mm-hmm. said, I'm going to try this new internship, or I'm going to apply to this grad school. And had I still been dating my ex, I wouldn't have done that. And I wouldn't have gone to Louisville, which means I wouldn't have met Taylor. And I, if you're married listening to this, I don't want you to mishear me that like, I do love Taylor and I love my marriage, but there truly is such a unique freedom in being single and things that you get to pursue as an individual. And mm-hmm. if there are things about yourself that you don't really know yet, like, it is so much easier to figure those things out when it's just you and Jesus. Um, yeah. But when you're not single, like that freedom and that flexibility isn't present in the same way it is in singleness. Um, right. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the present. So you started to mention, you know, your current relationship and you guys like know that it's right and how you've worked through that and how you've worked to get to where you are so that as you, and Josh date and pursue life together. Um, you know how to do it in a way that's God honoring and that works for y'all. So can you share a little bit with everybody? Like, how do we move forward in a healthy relationship? Like, what are things that have worked well for you and Josh to say, you know, despite my past and your past, this is how we can move forward and pursue, you know, marriage, the end goal and pursuing life together. 
Yeah. So, um, personally, I realized that I had become so far emerged in dating outside of God's design that mm. something honoring to him almost felt wrong. Mm. And so whenever I first started actually talking to Josh and this was like, so we kind of like reconnected. He cute little story, just real cute little snippet. He like, <laughs> um, gave me some money. I, 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 <laughs> Okay, that makes me sound real awful. I was like <laughs> doing a fundraiser for PPE for healthcare workers in the middle of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, donated, that's the proper term. He donated some money to me. And so I decided to reach out. I had known the guy, the yeah. guy um, since high school. And I was like, thank you so much. And then we just kept in touch and we kept in touch all summer. It was just like a nice, friendly chat. And then in September, like whenever we first started talking, it felt weird because I knew I'd gotten a little crush on him, but this was different. (laughs) I would constantly ask myself, why is he being so nice to me? Why does he feel so safe? Why am I not at a crossroads with my heart 24-7 like with the rest of the boys? Yeah. Um, There's no way a guy can be this precious and gentle all in one. And that's what I kept asking myself. And you want to know why I thought this? Uh, It's mainly because I associated liking someone with the highest of highs and lowest of lows. Mm. I thought it was supposed to feel like a chase. So Mm. it wouldn't get boring. I felt that it couldn't remotely be anywhere near love if it were steady. And that's what I just believed because that's what I had felt time and time and time again. And so I had to persistently and consistently surrender over my past hurt and patterns and just ask God to rewire my attraction to actual men. And yes, I said men because there's a difference. (laughs) There is a difference. And if you're a boy listening to this, then women, there is a difference. Um, because I just, I've just had a bad picker for boys. What can I say? Um, and they're just, I had repeatedly asked God to romance my heart and guide me to the truth in this word about how he sees me and loves me and cares for me. And then came Josh. And that's like the part that I was talking about just previously working on myself. That was me just asking God to just guide me through this truth. And like I said, how he sees me, how he loves me and how he cares for me. And there we go. Then came mm-hmm. the boy. The, when they really say they come out of nowhere, yep. they really do. And that it's no, it's no sudden, like, I mean, like I was totally blinded when it hit me. I was like, now, 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 brown cow. No, no, no. <laughs> no that's not right. Um, but I mentioned my past relationships a little bit for, before in this podcast and I never really went in depth. So I mentioned my past relationships to Josh before, but never really went in depth, mainly because I was still just healing from that brokenness they had caused. But my past was mainly riddled with idolizing relationships, bending the rules, giving pieces of my core foundation of who I was away, just hoping that they'd stay. And then I just deep down honestly felt dirty, used, broken, and ashamed. And I'm not a love expert or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure that the dudes or girls that make us feel this way are not our soulmate. And so Mm -hmm. that's when I realized that Josh just saw me. And he had always kind of saw me because of the cute little crush he had since high school. But that's kind of like another story for another day. Um, But he mainly saw like my potential and my heart. And even much as I pushed back at the beginning of our relationship, he met me with grace and patience and more than likely a lot of prayer. And he showed me a love like Jesus. It was selfless and pursuing. And he ever so gently corrected and guided me toward the truth of who God says I am. Um, Because believe it or not, ladies and gents, you really do start seeing yourself as who your past has made you believe you are, unless you're Mm -hmm. told otherwise. And in this little bit of time we've been together, I've only been dating him now almost, gosh, nine months. That's insane. Um, It feels like eternity. That's what's so crazy. But uh, he's mainly shown me in this little bit of time 
that I'm more than a body or a face and I have way more to offer than the parent, like my appearance and my physical intimacy. And to him, I'm more beloved and cherished. And I'm just going to go ahead and like in this question or my answer to this question with this little bit, but I'll tell y'all anybody can want you, but the love hits different when somebody actually values you. Mm, that's good. Ooh. We're going to church. <laughs> we are. I'm never making another episode after this. This is going to be the height. Um, man, that's so good. I, you know, it's funny because like you and Laura were at my house last September as things were starting and like you had kind of mentioned Josh, but like not in a we're pursuing each other kind of way. And just even in your initial conversations talking about him and what he does and what he's passionate about, there is this clear like, I don't know if anything is going to happen with them, but like the way that he talks to Allison and like cares for her, even as a friend, like could tell that it was different than anybody else that you have dated or talked to or spent time with. And gosh, it it's funny that you say, you know, as you guys started to get to know each other and, and date and you were questioning like, why am I not feeling this like conviction and this heavy you know, heightened emotion of happiness and sadness, you know, it's, I mean, like I've said so many times already, like, we're so similar, because I, in my past experience, like, the highest highs and the lowest lows, and thought that was normal, and, you know, as you walked with me through the breakups, and then, you know, the new relationship with Taylor, and I remember telling you, like, right before our first date, like, how scared and anxious I was of, Taylor being like my past and being treated poorly and not being a priority and just things like that. But you and other close friends just encouraged me to remember that, you know, Taylor isn't those people and that you hadn't seen any red flags or concerns and to, to go for it. And that if he, if Taylor were pursuing Jesus at the same pace that I was, then it was at least worth getting to know him. And as we know, as time went on, I really had to work through the walls that I had built and like learning to trust him and give him grace because he isn't the previous people that I've been with. And, you know, even in our marriage now, like we talk about the importance of open communication and taking things at your own pace and listening to what Jesus has laid on our heart. And like you said, just prayerfully considering these things and extending grace 100% of the time and um and I think too kind of you kind of touch on it like remembering that Taylor's human that Josh is human that you're human I'm human and these people don't need to be the center of our world and put them on a pedestal because we're all gonna mess up but we can walk forward together and love each other and love Jesus and pursue Jesus together um so you have highlighted a little bit but I want to Dive a little deeper. What are some red flags that people should look out for in relationships? Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and just hit it with the big one. Your boundaries are beneficial. Mm. Like you need them, whether it be a friend, a lover, or a family member. And I know that we're mainly talking about relationships right now, but I would, at the beginning of my healing process, I would have said something to the degree of like, the world needs to be a better place. But no, it's not that at all. People just need to learn how to be better people. And Mm -hmm. that's just that. Um, I think if somebody is pushing your boundary that you've already made very clear to them Mm -hmm. multiple times, and let's go ahead and add, you shouldn't have to make it clear multiple times that you are settling. That is a major red flag. Your boundaries and your morals and the things that you were like grew up and raised on, that is who you are at your core. And that when you start pushing that boundary line a little bit further and a little bit further, you're not only just pushing the line, you're breaking who you are. And that's just like it at its core. And it just, it, I see it time and time again. I mean, it happened to me. I hate to say it, but it did. And I am now very transparent with you, but like it, it happens because we think, okay, well, I'll just push it a little bit 
and then I'll stop. And this is my boundary now. We're not going to push it anymore because mm. you believe that person's going to stay. And mm. then they come with you with something else. And you're like, okay, well, I'll push it just a little bit more. And mm. then you think they're going to stay. And so it's not them who's like really breaking you. It's you because you're not standing firm to what you believe in and what you hold true to your values. Um, I think that's number one. And I'm going to hit with two more. Um, I think a major one is manipulation. That's number two. Um, That happened to me too. I think it happened to you a little bit too, Hannah. And I just, I'm here to say that girls and guys can manipulate. I've seen it both ways. I've heard guys talk about their girlfriends do it. I've had girls talk about their guy friends do it or their boyfriends and girlfriends. But manipulation is very, 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 like, unseen to the human eye. I feel like unless you've been in something and you can pinpoint what manipulation is, then you're just kind of blinded by it. Uh, And now, since I have been manipulated and I was manipulated in the past, I can pick up on it just like a hairpin drop and I'll be like, no, we're not going to do that. That's manipulation. And I think if we can draw that line of like what's manipulation and what's not manipulation, then that's where the red flag kicks in. Because if you truly feel like that, that was manipulation and there is a clear line with what it is and what it isn't, baby girl, That is something you need to be praying about because nobody is going to manipulate you to love them. That Mm -hmm. is like anybody that values you, like I said, they're not going to manipulate you. That's just fact. And then a a third thing is they're just going to hold true to those core first Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. It does not envy. I heard a long time ago at a hometown church conference, it was a lady speaking and um, it was like a women's conference at my little hometown church. And she was talking about something about with her husband and she made us laugh. And then, you know, in the next 30 seconds, you were crying kind of situation. And Mm -hmm. I'll never forget in the talk that she was telling us about, with her husband, she had said she knew she had found her soulmate whenever she could put his name at the beginning of that sentence. So replace his name with love. And then that held true to every sentence in that verse. And so I've ever since then, I've done that to every guy I went out on a date on to every guy that I've like dated in the past. And there were a couple sentences that were like, okay, wow, this could be a little iffy. I might not should put his name in. And if that's the case for you, then that he, that's just not it. That's, that's a red flag. Like you just, you got to find your lobster. <laughs> that's a friend's <laughs> reference. Yes, but like, you really do. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, you just, you got to find him and he's out there. There's a pot for every lid. There's another little relationship <laughs> reference for us. And I think if you can do that and you can find a name that, you know, so-and-so does not envy, so-and-so does not boast, that is your person. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, What, on the opposite, what are like, no one ever really calls them this, but if a red flag or things to not look for in a relationship, what are like a few green flags to look out for? Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, nobody really ever talks about the green flags, which kind of sucks because it's like, uh, we need to know both. Yeah, the green flags are fun. Come on. Yeah. Um, I think the green flags, I'm going to make it full circle, are the three things I talked about earlier. So the dopamine, the serotonin, and the oxytocin. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think if you have those and they're making you feel loved, but without manipulation, loved, but without pushing your boundary, loved but without you know not having their name not I think I just used a double negative there but in that first Corinthians verse then I think that's a green flag I think you should be able to see that and justify that um I think another big flag is are they pushing you further toward God 
I was in a big, like, my biggest breakup. It was in May of 2018. And I will say that every time I was the one doing the pushing. And, yes, it should be 50-50. And there were times where he was like, oh, yeah, let's go to church. Or, oh, yeah, let's read the Bible. Or, oh, yeah. But it wasn't like a constant, we didn't have faith talks all the time. Or we didn't, like, dive deeper into faith. And I think if you're not growing like that, then you're not becoming better because growth is not linear. And that's, it's, it's something, it's one of those bell shaped curves. It just keeps going up and down and you'll have valleys, you'll have highs and lows, but there are times where in your lows, you need somebody to pick you up of that, out of that. And if that person or your person cannot do that and they can't push you closer to Christ, then there's the door baby because you've got to walk on out of it I just that's something I think you should have a green flag for you if they are pushing you towards Christ and I mean obviously not shoving it down your throat I mean come on let's be real but like in the sense of they just they you both want to become better for each other and because no two people are perfect and what makes a relationship great are two imperfect people accepting that they are imperfect and working together to become one. And I think when you find that in a person, then that's a major green flag and you just park that bad boy right in your front yard. Mm, That'll preach. That'll (laughs) preach. (laughs) You know, I think, you know, as I've shared a little bit, you've shared it. Like if there's that immediate conviction there's definitely a red flag like that. And, you know, you touched on boundaries and manipulation. And as you were saying that, like I was thinking about my past and like how manipulation feeds into boundaries being pushed and like feeds into your third point of a red flag. Like if that name cannot fit in first Corinthians 13, like that is not the right person for you. And, you know, it's funny. I don't know if I ever shared this with you after my first breakup, I begged God like to never let me be in that position again because Mm -hmm. I was so hurt in our first semester at Georgia I just struggled you know healing from a breakup being in a brand new setting away from home and you know as you know I dated that second person that I had no business in dating and the whole time I was convicted and I felt all of those red flags that you mentioned and you know, while he wasn't good for me, I equally was not good for him. And like, looking at us now, like, we're not friends, we don't talk, but like, I see how well he's doing. And like, I know how well Taylor and I are doing. I'm like, man, like, we should have seen those red flags day one. And God was trying to honor, you know, what I had prayed for. And I just personally ignored it. Um, But I'd also even say kind of like what you were saying with in a green flag sense, pushing each other closer to Jesus, you know, I've questioned a lot, how do we, how do we know if somebody's wholeheartedly pursuing Jesus? And how do we know if their like heart is pure? And I would say, yeah. like, what fruit are they bearing? Like, are they yes. bearing fruit yes. that's beneficial to the kingdom? Or is it beneficial to the world? And we obviously like can't play God and know someone's heart as well as like Christ does but if we look at the fruit that they bear like that'll give us clarity and you kind of touched on it you know if they pull you away from your passions or your friends or your family and especially Jesus those are things to look out for but if they encourage your walk keep Jesus above you then like that's a strong basis to start yes I completely agree yes. yes Um, so to I'm literally wrap- sitting here in my, it, it is because it's like the best, like, um, vocals are in my little closet. Cause I just moved. Yes. People. Yes. Moved. Um, apartment. <laughs> yes God, oh, um, but I'm literally like, yes, yes, yes. Like my head is just shaking me and my closet walls right here. <laughs> we'll just write a book on this. Yes. 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 Share our life experiences. Um, to wrap up. I just want to say, I think it's important to remember at any point of a relationship, the goal of moving forward should be in mind, whether moving forward is towards marriage, 
or it's going separate ways. And when we know the relationship is moving forward towards marriage, my last question for you, Allison, is how do we continue to grow with that person, even if it feels like we know everything about them? Yeah, so I think a major thing that people don't say about growth is people tell you it's beautiful. People tell you it's blissful, but growth also comes with a great amount of grief. And so that's what people don't tell you. They don't tell you Mm -hmm. the ugly because growth requires loss and our fear of loss is what stops us from changing. So Mm -hmm. if you're afraid of losing like the argument or the just whatever it is with your significant other that you're in, then or like the relationship that you're in, you're not going to grow because growth requires self-love. And I used to think that self-love was really easy. I'd pour myself a butt or draw myself a little bubble bath up, pour some red wine, put on some friends on Netflix and just sit there for about 45 minutes. But I came to find out real quick, like that self-love is not that easy. Like it's not just like making you feel good. Like you actually have to like deep down know it. Like you have to love yourself at your core. Like we talked about this just this week. And um, I think what I've learned on my journey is that it's like every other pursuit in life. It takes courage. It takes bravery. It takes standing tall and showing up and it requires patience and deliberate thought. But most importantly, it means that nothing, if I'm not true to myself first, and if I don't come home to myself first, if I'm not everything to myself first, and finally to just know this about growth in general, it's perfectly okay to be confused because it's a part of the process of growth as you just shift and remove familiar layers so that's all a part of the relationship process the first time you like like poop in front of each other like I I say that like as well as I can but like you know it's like those little layers like that the first time you burp or the first time you like you have your mini like heated fellowship situation like you know because you're gonna have those you're not not going to have them and so don't judge yourself if you're in the season of growth your clarity will come and just be patient you know be patient with the process and I think in general just like growing with that person even if you feel like you're knowing everything about them test yourself test the relationship in the sense of ask new questions if you're curious ask them Uh, me and Josh we did our first six and a half seven months long distance he was in Seattle I was in Georgia. Um, So every Thursday we had FaceTime date. And that was a time where we just sat. It was literally like date night, normal date night for everybody else. But it was through a screen. We would have supper. We would have, I would usually drink a glass of wine because it was date night. And then we would either, we only watched a movie once because it was kind of lagging a little bit. And I was like, nah, I'm not feeling that. But, <laughs> but mainly we finally figured out um, one of my friends, her name is Thunha. She had a long distance relationship with her boyfriend at the time too. And they were doing these like app. Um, it was like a card app. And even if you're not long distance, I think it's great because me and Josh to this day still do them. There's like over 400 cards in it, but it's called Love Wick. And there's six different categories and you get 10 cards a day. And that one card would lead into a 15 minute discussion about something completely on the totally like opposite end of the spectrum. And then we had like nine more cards to go. So like you learn, you don't truly know somebody and that's, It's insane to think that because you really think you do, but I would just say, you know, always branch out, like never be content with, in the sense of, yeah, I know him, we're doing great, that's fine. And like, be content with your relationship, be grounded and know that you're okay, but also be okay with growing and learning more about each other. I didn't know some things about Josh that I thought I did know. There, there are deeper parts to us. We have insecurities. We have brokenness. We have baggage, and that's okay. And when you open up about it and tell your person about it, 
that's a part of growth. And then there's those two imperfect people becoming perfect together to form a relationship as one. Oh, girl, (laughs) you just knocked it out of the park. You know, it's funny. You, I remember you talking about those card questions. You sent me those, I think back in March, because it was right before our Disney trip and we had a long drive to Orlando from Knoxville and uh you had sent me that a few days before and I was like oh this is awesome like we can do these on the road trip down and I think half of our drive to and from Orlando was me going through those questions and like asking Taylor things and you know you have a good point like we change and we grow and we should constantly be learning about you know, our significant other and how do they feel and you know, what their opinions are. And it, I think you nailed it. Like relationships are hard. And just because yeah. like we are dating and talking about engagement or are engaged or heck even married, like yes. doesn't mean that things are just going to get easier. And, you know, talking about self-love, like I think about, and this is such like me being around Taylor so much, like this <laughs> analogy is like coming to my head, but I think about like when you're in an airplane and they do the little presentation before we take off and they're like, you know, if the cabin loses pressure and we need oxygen, help yourself first before you help your neighbor. And it's basically what I feel like you're saying is, you know, we can't love our spouse or our, you know, significant other as best as we can if we are not in a healthy place to do so and I would even say like you know learn what each other's love languages are like one of the best things that Taylor and I did this year that I wish we had done earlier in our relationship is figure out how we best receive love and you know if he receives love by words of affirmation but I'm a quality time person like me encouraging him with my word is going to mean more to him than anything else and so trying to remember that. And like you said, keeping date nights a priority, having intentional conversations about where we're at, you know, all of these things are so important to continue to grow with each other. And, um, and I, again, ideally we continue to grow and change and making sure that we're considering the other person. And yes, I'll finish with this. You know, I just think it's important to remember to keep our spouse or partner um, ahead of ourselves and selflessly love them before ourselves always. Yeah. So um, that is a wrap for this week's episode of the Way Forward Woo-hoo! podcast. Thank you, Allison, for your time and for our seven years of friendship, which feels crazy. I'm sorry. I know. I feel That's insane. Old about that. Don't like, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Mid twenties. I can't believe it. But we're hitting I, the quarter life crisis. <laughs> yes. I have said this to you since I don't know how long, and I will say this literally until we're old ladies and in heaven. <laughs> but I would not be where I am without you. So. I feel pretty confident that I'm going to have you on future episodes. So, um, (laughs) yes. So thank you. And you're very welcome. Be sure to follow us on social media at Captivating Community for updates. If there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, visit us at hannahmfathery.com slash connect and send us a message with your suggestion. Next week, we'll return with an all-new episode talking about community and college and how to move forward. Mm